Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for our weekend preview. Newcastle United travel down Stamford Bridge to take on Chelsea. Uh, this Saturday in the evening kickoff and I'm joined by Chris Woff to look ahead to that game. Chris, it's Chelsea on paper, given Newcastle's form, Chelsea's millions and millions of pounds they've spent. You'd really say that Newcastle have uh, no hope? Well, yes and no. Actually, rather bizarrely, I have a better feeling about Saturday than I do about the following Saturday at home against Cardiff. I, fan- I just think Newcastle are far more comfortable on their travels. They know how to play. They'll go to Chelsea and let Chelsea have the ball early in the season when uh, Mauricio Sarri's men came to Tyneside. They had, I think it was about 80-odd percent possession. Um, and Newcastle just let them have the ball. But in the end, Newcastle almost nicked something. Uh, they, they brought it back to ones each, and, and, and then there was a what Benitez thought was a dodgy penalty against them, and, and Newcastle ended up losing the game. But it's a very tall order. Newcastle haven't taken a point from any of the top six. They haven't got a very good record at all at Stamford Bridge. but uh, And they go there with a few injury problems, as we're going to come on to. But I just think that, that this is the sort of game which might suit them. They've just got to make sure that they maintain the discipline. Chelsea are struggling to score goals at the moment. They're dominating possession but aren't really getting the goals. And if Newcastle can play as well defensively as they know they can, then they do have an outside chance. But it is going to be a tall order. Would you like the stats? Go on then. So Chelsea have lost only once, uh, only one of the last 23 home games against Newcastle United. Papi Cissé special. May 2012. Um, And Newcastle have lost uh, the last six at Stamford Bridge conceding 18 goals, scoring only two. Um, and the other one is, when I wears it, Newcastle are winless in 12 away Premier League games against the big six sides, losing nine in a row. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't expect Newcastle to win this weekend. It would be a shock result, an absolutely brilliant result if they did. But I do think they have an outside chance of getting a draw. Last season, when they went to Stamford Bridge uh, in the Premier League, that was when Benitez opted to play with five at the back which he didn't do too often at the time now we know that Benitez regularly over the last six to eight weeks has been using three centre-backs for Newcastle it'll be more of a five at the back than a three-four-three not sure on personnel yet as to who exactly will be within that but particularly if they have someone like Florian Lejeune back who can play it out from defence then Newcastle have a bit of a chance as I say, it's a very tall order, but Chelsea themselves are low on confidence. They lost uh, in midweek against Spurs, and they really need, uh, if Newcastle were to frustrate them for long periods, then maybe the Stamford Bridge crowd will start to turn as well. No, yeah, Chelsea haven't scored in the last two Premier League games. Uh, third will be uh, matching a record, stretching back to Glenn Hoddle's time in charge of Chelsea. It would be typical Newcastle, just like it was against Fulham, who hadn't kept a clean sheet uh, in you know this season it, and they obviously kept a clean sheet for the first time it would be typical Newcastle to to let Chelsea uh, you know score five or six well to a certain degree yeah I mean it would be uh, very unbenitez like I know that Newcastle ship for at Anfield but that in itself was a rarity in, in the Benitez era really that they don't often concede too many 
even against the big sides, they usually restrict them. The worst thing they can do at Stamford Bridge is concede early, so that's why I expect Benitez certainly first 15 to 20 minutes. Newcastle will sit off and just make sure they try and contain Chelsea. They'll they'll probably put someone on Jorginho, as a lot of sides have been doing, and try and cut off that supply line from him because everything positive Chelsea do goes through him. But uh, it realistically... A, a, a narrow defeat is what wouldn't be the worst possible result this weekend because very few people expect Newcastle to get anything. They can't afford to let their goal difference slip any further. It is still better than most teams in around them. But in the last few weeks, given the, the volume of defeats they've had, the gap has been closing and that's something they need, need to make sure. They could even be in the bottom three by the time they play this game, which in itself is a concern. Well, there's no reason why you know Newcastle can't go out and beat Chelsea, but it just feels like the way... That the club are at the moment, the, the kind of the bad mood around in the stands. Is you look at Benitez, he looks at a beaten man. You know, you just you just are expecting a, a defeat, and there's not really. I don't think there's. A, I don't share a glimmer of hope that they can get anything on Saturday. Whereas you know, we we have seen we've seen you know Cardiff beat teams that you wouldn't expect. We've seen other teams around Newcastle beat higher teams up the the you know the table that you wouldn't expect. But I'm just going to this game, just thinking, you know. It's just another. It's it's just another game, and you know that everyone's kind of looking ahead to the Cardiff. This is just a just just a Saturday. We've got to get out of the way. Well, there is very little optimism and, and positivity around at the moment. The takeover is dragging on. No transfers arrived yet. We're into the tenth day of the window. Almost a third of it gone already. Benitez wanted early signs, hasn't got them. Has given himself a, a self-imposed a ban on speaking about transfers because he has nothing positive to say about it. At signing would maybe have given everyone a bit of a lift, including in the dressing room, and they could look forward to this game and think that they could win. But yeah, as you say, I mean, realistically, can you argue that they're expected to win? I, I don't think so. I can see them possibly getting a draw from what I've mentioned before. It is a sort of game in some ways which suits Newcastle more so than, than playing at St James's Park. But at the same time, Chelsea go into this as huge favourites and. and so will Man City when you, and Spurs when Newcastle play them later on the month as well. Now you mentioned how Newcastle can set up defensively and they play quite well defensively. They have done um, in earlier parts of the season, but watching them over the last few weeks, especially at home, they seem to have lost a bit of their shape. They seem to have three or four men going towards the ball, going towards that one single player and leaving... You know, Newcastle very exposed on the counter or even just generally, not even on the counter, just generally exposed when they're facing um, an onslaught. What is that? Is that Newcastle desperate to try and and, and get something out of the game? You know, do you do it not really following Benitez's rules, do you think? Or is it just a lack of discipline? Have you, have you noticed the same kind of I thing? have noticed the same as St James's Park. I think it is different away from home. At Watford, they were very good for long periods. A couple of injuries disrupted them and Watford, change shape during the second half and that unsettled Newcastle and that's why eventually Watford were able to get a draw from it. It's in James's Park, it's slightly different. I think there's a whole combination of factors. Clearly, they don't feel comfortable playing at home, particularly when teams sit off them. Uh, Man United actually thought for a good hour Newcastle were disciplined and then once the game became stretched, once Newcastle conceded, that's when the gap started to appear. I also think the lack of Federico Fernandes over the last few weeks has affected them. I think Newcastle's defence looks better with him in. Cher has been a bit erratic in recent weeks. Lascelles is starting to get better, but has still got a, a few issues to his game. And also Paul Dummett, as strong as he is defensively, when Newcastle have the ball, 
and played out from the back at home, he hasn't looked comfortable either. So away from home, slightly different. I think they are doing better in that regard. They're not going to have uh, much possession at Stamford Bridge. It's about making sure that on the counter they are clinical as they have been in recent weeks. Watford, there were, they made sure they took their opportunities, there were at Everton. It's about, uh, there were at Huddersfield as well, it's about making sure they do that at Chelsea in, in a, a full pressure environment. It's, it's going to be very difficult. If all, if everyone is fit, uh, Lejeune, Fernandez, Dummett, Shaw, Lascelles, who fits into that five? Because you would argue that Paul Dummett can't really play as that left wing back. So do you keep him as a left centre back? And then it's Fernandez and Lejeune, or is it Fernandez and, and Lascelles? Because, or you even share, because it, he's got options to make. Um, he's got Clark as well. And Clark, of course. I mean, but you'd argue that when when Cher gets run at, so say if, if uh, Hazard gets a good run at him, I think over the past few weeks we've we've, we've seen a few times where Cher's just ended up on his backside because he, he just can't seem to deal when someone's running at him. Um, if he's got the ball, his feet, he's a much better defender. He can play it out. But when someone's one-on-one with him, you know, he, he, he just doesn't seem to handle it. So would you would you foresee maybe him dropping out this weekend? Well, I can't see Dummett playing as a left wing back at home, but as I said, I see this being a five away from home, so I can see Dummett shifting back out to that side away from home and Newcastle using the wingers or whatever system Benitez plays further ahead as being the ones to counter and giving them that extra defender. So I think Dummett may well shift out to that side. Cher would be the one I'd be reluctant to play because, as I've said, I think he's been a bit erratic. He dives into tackles, and if Aiden Hazard is running at him, I'd be concerned that Hazard, who regularly wins penalties against Newcastle anyway, wins one this weekend. Um, the issue with Lejeune is we don't know how fit he still is. He, he lasted 90 minutes last weekend, I thought he looked very good considering, but is he ready to last 90 minutes at Stamford Bridge in in that environment? Possibly not. So I think Lascelles will play. Fernandez should be fit. We'll hear from Benitez on that tomorrow, but he has been training. He could have been pushed last week if he needed to, but it was the FA Cup. So I think those two will play. Then it's a decision probably on Cher or Clark. Again, Clark, we're not 100% sure how fit he is, but I think I'd err towards Clark just on the basis of what I've seen from Cher in recent weeks. I just think that he's a bit more solid, Kieran Clark, and you know what you're going to get from him. Does it feel like Newcastle need something to, to, to change? And we know that so far the transfer window hasn't maybe gone um, as Benitez had hoped for. He wanted silence pretty early on. Um, we say that. I mean, I know we're only on January the 10th, but obviously every day kind of counts. But looking at the bench, how can he change it? Because he's, he, I mean, obviously the, the kind of setup kind of changes between one or two formations. But he hasn't really got anyone he can bring in player wise who can really kind of throw a hand grenade in into the mix and say, Well look, start me because he's handed the opportunity to Jacob Murphy on uh, Saturday against Blackburn. He did it with uh, Joss Lewin. If that's them taking their opportunity, um we should be a bit worried. Yeah, and we know Kendy can't play this weekend because it's against his parent club, so he won't be featuring uh Jacob Murphy as I say looked bereft of confidence last weekend Hosselu I th- I, he, he wasn't he wasn't great and he, he was absent for most of the setting off but I don't think he was necessarily as bad as people said what I like about Hosselu is that he always he doesn't hide he always gives 100% but is he going to be the answer is he someone to bring in well the alternative is you've got Rondon coming back into the team and although he's quiet against Man United he's had that weekend off hopefully he's refreshed and we've seen some of his best football away from home 
Muto and Key are away on national duty, so they can't come into the fold, although Muto hasn't has barely been featuring anyway. He hasn't really been considered, and that's been a big disappointment. There isn't a lot Benitez can change. That's another reason why he wants transfers this month's month. He wanted them earlier in the month because Newcastle are playing games, as we've said, that they're playing Man, uh, Man City in a couple of weeks. They're playing Cardiff next weekend. They've got Chelsea this weekend. Benitez wanted players early so that they could be ready to play in these matches. The clock is against Newcastle. The games are against Newcastle. And we, we've known for a long while they really lack attacking options. The Almiron deal keeps dragging on. Yes, the the price that they want, around £25 million is very high. Yes, the 100k a week wages are very high that he wants. But at the same time, for a player who's going to be in excess of £25 million in the current market and a club record transfer as he would be, that probably is the going rate. It's so, and to, to a certain degree, I look at it and think if Newcastle want to stick to the rigid policy they've got, fair enough. They don't want to break their wage structure, but they will miss out on quality signings this month because the market is the market, and as inflated as they may believe it is, if they that they're gambling one way or another, they're either gambling on the fact that they're taking a risk by signing someone's expensive, or they they're taking a serious risk by not bringing the players in, and they're they're status as a Premier League team is really is in doubt given they're only two points above the relegation zone definitely I mean is there anything else you can tell uh, our listeners about Almiron about the deal or is it as it is you know they're just struggling to meet the valuation well at the moment negotiations are ongoing as, as my understanding but essentially the two parties are still quite a significant way it's been wrote, reported in some areas that personal terms have been agreed with Almiron that isn't necessarily my understanding my understanding is that Newcastle are reluctant to pay the wages that he wants and are looking for him to come down as well the agent fee is proven to be an issue too plus the 25 million which they demand I think that all of these will come down slightly I think that that Atlanta United are playing hardball I think Almiron's playing hardball but they won't come down to the level Newcastle are currently offering they're still some way off and so there needs to be some some meeting in the middle otherwise Newcastle are going to have to start pursuing options elsewhere and that's likely to be loan deals from the continent which isn't exactly ideal that's short term planning as opposed to long term planning but again I suppose it goes back to the fact that you know in a few months time after meeting could quite easily be gone from the club well that's another part of the issue I mean we could talk about the amount of money that it will, will take to sign Almiron clearly Newcastle don't have either the confidence in Benitez and his recruitment team that Almiron will succeed in the Premier League given that he's coming from the MLS or there is this bit of thing again where Newcastle don't want to give a lot of money to a manager who hasn't yet committed his long-term future to the club. It's all a complete mess. It's muddled and that's why Newcastle are in a very difficult situation. It's it, it, it's dysfunctional and it is starting to, to creep out onto the pitch which is why Newcastle are struggling. There's, there's just that something doesn't feel right at any level of the club at the moment and that is a real concern. I want to get on to that in just a moment but what I want to ask you is that obviously uh, Marko Antovanovic is West Ham but there's been an offer from China of 35 million, I think they paid 20 million not so long ago. He's 29 so surely that shows that you can pay big money, As a, I mean not really big money in, in today's market, it's 20 million but Newcastle wise that's big money, that's more than their record signing you can pay that for a player who would have been 28, 27, 28 and make a hefty profit if he performs well. You can, yeah. I mean, the, whenever the Chinese market comes in, I'm always a bit tentative to, to say that that is 
in general how transfers work because that really has distorted the market beyond recognition and the prices that some players go for out there are, are really bizarre. There seems to quite often be no rhyme or reason as to the players they go for. And Outvich is slightly different because his record at West Ham speaks for itself. He's been very good there and I think alongside Wilfried Zaha he's probably the most effective player outside the top six in the Premier League. Newcastle, yes, you, you can argue that with Almiron, but at the same time, as I say, he isn't proven in, in European football. I, I haven't seen enough of him, really, to give too detailed a view on what I personally think of him. But Newcastle's recruitment team have scouted him heavily more than a dozen times over a 12- to 18-month period. They believe that at the price that he is going for, which would be a club record for Newcastle, but compared to players you recruit of a similar level from Europe, it is supposedly a bargain. They think he's worth it. It's whether or not Newcastle United hierarchy trust that. The, the the issue I've got is that Newcastle surely realised that in the January market prices are inflated beyond belief. I know that during the summer Lee Charnley and, and other people at Newcastle United were astounded by some of the prices and wages that were quoted. Well, it's only going to be worse this month and, and that's what I mean by they're going to have to gamble either way, either gamble on signing players in the hope that they succeed and keep Newcastle up or take the risk of not bringing the quality of player in that realistically we think they need and then it's going to be really is going to be touch and go as to whether they survive. Surely the risk of actually getting relegated is is much worse than the risk of maybe paying £25 million for Farmiron. Well, yes and no, but I suppose their argument could be well, we could spend £25 million on Miron, he may not make any impact at all and we could still go down. So that, that, there are so many factors to weigh up here. Personally, I think that, and not necessarily on Miron, if, if the price is so much higher than they're willing to pay, fine, but move on and pick the next target. The issue is we had this last year in the January window uh, when they were after Nikolai Jorgensen. They knew the price they had to pay, they dallied for ages, and then in the end he ended up signing Islam Slamani on loan on the final day of the window, a player who wasn't even on his initial list of uh, transfer targets. Newcastle can't afford to do that. If they, if they don't, if they're not going to pay the money from here on, fine, but move on, make it clear we're going elsewhere and we're going to bring someone in because reinforcements are needed and they're needed now. Do you think there's a plan B? I think there is a plan B in terms of Rafa Benitez has a lot of other targets, but the closer that gets towards the end of the window, the more and more likely that will be a European loan sign. Again, where it's going to be a risk in a different sort of way, it's probably going to be someone who either isn't wanted by their club, um, is lacking form or fitness themselves, and so they're probably going to take a bit of time uh, to be able to bed in. Slomani didn't feature for two months after he first signed. It was only two months before he played. Newcastle need reinforcements now. They don't need someone who's going to be appearing in March. Yeah, indeed. If you head to chroniclelive.co.uk, keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle Night news. And just a quick uh, reminder to get your tickets for our live talking on January the 24th. That's Thursday, so that's two weeks today. Um, just ahead of the transfer deadline. It's £5 in, includes a pie and piece supper and a free pint on arrival with all ticket proceeds going to the Newcastle United Food Bank. And we have a special guest, which is a supermarket and a quiz. Lots of good prizes, but all for a good cause. Come and see Chris. Waff in the flesh, if that is what you desire. Um, back to Newcastle on the pitch. It's not gone very well at all in the past few, uh, few. I was going to say seasons there. Before I just slip there. Uh, past few few weeks, should I say? Um, Richie came out last week and said, you know, basically said, you know, everything just doesn't feel good. You know, as soon as Man United scored one, the, the the kind of the atmosphere died. It's not what we we need. Everyone pulling in the same direction. He was quite brutal in what he said, quite honest. Perez has come out and said, 
Um, not too dislimited today. Are Newcastle going to get the point? Because if this continues to happen, where their kind of biggest players, if you will, the players who, who Benitez trusts the most, are coming out and saying these things, that's going to create a massive problem if it, if it, say if, if next week if it's Lascelles or the week after it's it's Rondon. Do you think Newcastle now need to nip this in the bud either by, well, I suppose the, the one solution would be by buying players and trying to give everyone a boost? Well, then you start doing something, be that win games, be it signing players or a combination of those two, a takeover would be lovely as well. But as we as we know, that's not going to happen in terms of to be able to facilitate anything during this month anyway. They're not gonna, there's not going to be a takeover, which allows Newcastle to spend a lot more in the January transfer window. There just needs to be something to give everyone a bit of a lift at the moment. It just seems to be drifting towards uh, even greater negativity. And that's not healthy for anyone. You can see the players are becoming frustrated with the situation. I, th- I don't think the manager's helping at the moment in the fr- in the sense that his mood, his demeanour in public just seems so down. I wrote a big piece the other day explaining why his mood was, he was cutting such a frustrated figure and there's myriad reasons why. But I also, I think his comment about uh, it being a miracle if Newcastle were to survive this year, I don't think that's gone down overly well in some quarters of the dressing room. There's only so many, so long you can, you can give out a negative message before that does start to infiltrate. Look, I still think that Newcastle United will survive this season just about. I still think Benitez will keep them up. But if they were to get a couple of players in the next couple of weeks, if they were to get a shock result, say at Chelsea, get a draw on Saturday, these things will just give everyone a bit of a lift and calm everyone on Tyneside down because understandably there are nerves at the moment. Other teams like Southampton are starting to pick up wins and the gap really is closing. It now looks like three out of six because Palace have dragged themselves away from the bottom six. Do you think there's a chance that Benitez could sign a year extension on his contract and that might see things moving in the transfer market? Well, I mean, that my understanding is that year contract has been there on the table since last summer when it was clear he wasn't going to sign a five-year deal. They said to him, why don't you sign another year? Possibly that will turn out to be a fudge of the way that they'll get through this situation to just keep things going. But at the moment, I don't really see... Uh, how much of a lift that would give to anyone because even if he did sign another year yes you'd know he's still going to be here in the summer beyond but but I think that again there'd probably be the doubts that there'd probably be a relegation clause or something because I can't see Benitez staying for a second time in the championship and also if he only signs a year for a guy who said that he would, could see himself staying here for another five to ten years what sort of a message does it send out that he says I, I only feel I can commit for one more season I think it would just be more of the same would still be in a state of flux so I'm not necessarily sure that's going to be a solution to anything well, it's just before we finish with uh, the team news and your score prediction for, for Saturday Chris I just want to ask you what do you think the likes of um, Lee Charnley uh, maybe even Justin Barnes seeing because from our point of view watching the games we can see that Newcastle lack quality we can see that there is some magic missing we can see Benitez's mood and we can see the need additions we can see the fans or anything but happy um what do you think Lee Charney's interpretation of this is what message is he sending back up the ladder to to Mike Ashley. I think Lee Charnley recognises that Newcastle are lacking in certain areas. I know that he was one, along with the rest of the Newcastle hierarchy, were keen for that message to come out in the summer at the end of the window when it was that we are stronger now than we were before. But at the same time, 
He sees he's at every single game. He sees them every week. He knows they are lacking in certain areas. He has been the one who's been allowing scouts to go out and watch several players, including Almiron, but also attacking players around Europe and elsewhere. He recognises this. But the problem is, and as we keep saying, that as much as Mike Ashley says it's a hands-off approach and he doesn't have anything to do, as soon as big money is involved, particularly now that we're in a situation where Mike Ashley is hopefully going to sell to the Peter Kenyon Consortium or someone else, then there's always a hitch there. Lee Charnley does not, unfortunately, have the power to just be able to say, yes, go and spend £20, £25 million on Miguel Almiron. It needs to be ratified from above, and seemingly at the moment, that isn't happening. No, it's not. Um, if you head to Chronicle... Oh, no, actually, we won't. I jumped the gun there. Sorry, Chris. I was doing what I was thinking. Eager to get out. No, we weren't going to talk about team news, actually. I think the uh, negativity has uh, dragged me down there. Apologies for that. Um, Shelby, are we expecting him to be involved? Well, there's issues in midfield in general because obviously Key's away. Um, Isaac Hayden wants away, but is likely to start this game. Modi Army is struggling with it with an ongoing hip problem. He faces a late fitness test, touch and go, but I think he should be all right. Shelby's the same. They'll assess him this weekend. He's been uh, across in Barcelona asking about uh, what he can do to solve this this thigh problem he's had for two or three months now, or really since early in the season, which has just been recurring. He felt it uh, when he came on against Blackburn last weekend. I think he, he could and could be available, but we may well see him on the bench again rather than the start, uh, particularly if Benitez goes for a, a defence-first approach, as we expect him to. Um, then in defence, Federico Fernandez has been back training. We should see him for the first time since Watford. Kieran Clark is back again, hasn't played since Huddersfield, but should uh, should be available this weekend or certainly in contention. Florian Lejeune depends on how fully match fit he is, but I think he should be in and around the picture uh, there. Don't expect Darlow to be back. Um, and the other one's Paul Dummett, who has these recurring hamstring problems, but I think he should be all right and should be in contention too. A lot of the youngsters training with the first team today. Do we feel that maybe he's just a kind of a pick-me-up after uh, Tuesday night's thumping off Sunderland? Or do you think that Benitez is maybe looking and thinking, well, you know, if Yannick Toure or uh, Jamie Sterry impresses and why not include them in the first team squad? Well, Jamie Sterry, I think, is there as, as backup for, 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 for the first team because they have a lack of options at full-back. Yannick Toure, I mean, he doesn't even start regularly for the under-23s and 21s. Yeah, I'm just picking out yes. a name. I, I wasn't going to mention Sorensen. I, I, don't, I don't think he's realistically... Well, Sorensen's away in Mexico, but I, I don't think he's realistically uh, close someone like Yannick Toure. Sterry, slightly different. Sterry and Longstaff, they are in and around the first team. Uh, Longstaff will probably feature this weekend, particularly if one of Diarmi or Shelby uh, isn't fit. Then he'll be in, in in the squad in some capacity. But I don't think that Benitez is, is suddenly going to turn to many of the youngsters. Um, brilliant then. Um, your score prediction then for Saturday? As much as I said that I, I think Newcastle will get a draw, I'm just going to go 2-0 Chelsea. I think it, it's just a little bit beyond Newcastle. Uh Chelsea are struggling for goals, so I still do have that little bit of hope in the back of my mind, but uh, I think my head says 2-0 Chelsea. 2-0 Chelsea. Well, there you have have it. If you head to chroniclelive.co.uk, keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news, including live coverage of Rafa Benitez's press conference tomorrow, which will be Friday, and live coverage of the game against Chelsea on Saturday evening. Thank you very much for joining us.